Now, there are moments in, I think, every, and I hate, it. I'm going to start saying, instead of saying gamers, I'm going to start saying gaming enthusiasts, because I think that's a little bit more inclusive, and I think the the, the title of gamer has perhaps been um, slandered and drugged through the mud by the gamers themselves. So, there's a, a moment, I think, in every video game enthusiast's life where you upgrade from what you had. And then it makes you realize, like, oh, I, my shit was that busted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, have, I have a computer. I have a PC. I have upgraded from my MacBook that was nearly six years old at this point. Um, now I have a functioning computer, a desktop tower, if you will. And I do. Thank you very much. Um, that I can, I can run games on. I can run other programs. I can use Word without it overheating and crashing. Um, I'm excited. Now, Justin, you've built a computer. You have a computer. When you upgraded to your current model, your current um, rig, do you, was it like eye-opening? It, it just makes you excited to do work. And like yeah. in like the saddest way possible. Not even like like the gaming stuff is great. Like yeah. like I, I find like I have access to like gaming. So like even if I didn't have gaming on my computer, if that's not like, the biggest draw for me. Mm. But just like, you know, like opening up like your internet browsers and being, you know, having like a bunch of different screens open and having it just load so quickly and everything you do is just instantaneous. It feels good. It really yeah. does. Literally, not joking, right before we started this call, I was on a, I'm on a call with Justin, obviously, and then I was also using Google, and it worked, which was not what I could do before. Uh, I used to have to just only be on a call, like I couldn't switch through tabs or anything like that while we were on a call together. Um, it, and even then, like it, that was questionable if us just being on a call was going to work. <laughs> uh, this is incredible, and I want to talk more about gaming pc things just hey guys just pc things um uh in a little bit because right now we're gonna listen to the intro it's hitbox Welcome back to Hitbox episode 49 on the cusp, on the cusp of episode 50. My name is Peter Hunspitek, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Justin Makovich. Can we talk more about PC things? Let's talk about PCs and PC gaming, my friend. Yes. It, uh, like I said, I I've seen the light. I have, I have, I understand now what the hype is about. And if you are listening to this, dear listener, and you are thinking like, wow, I should build a PC. Um, if you've got the mo if you've got the money to not build one, maybe just don't because I'm about to lose all my PC cred. <laughs> two minutes in, two minutes into having PC cred, I'm gonna lose it because I did buy a, a um, pre-built machine. Now, that's true, but there's a reason why you you bought a pre-built machine. Yes, uh, if, if you were wondering, it's because there's a shortage of parts. That <laughs> <was> is significant. <laughs> like so. As we've talked about on, in earlier episodes of this show, like getting a PS5 and like an Xbox, that is a 
that is a job. That is a chore. It is not simple to do. It is not easy to do. Um, and even if you know like all the right places to look and stuff, like it is, it's challenging. Trying to find a graphics card, like it is, it is the same level of like challenging, but it is even harder. I like I, I tried for maybe six or seven weeks to actually get a graphics card. Um, couldn't do it. So they have pre-built models at Best Buy <laughs> that you can yeah, just I order. I think I was reading an article about like a 16 year old who made like a million and a half dollars. Oh my gosh. Um, reselling PlayStation 5s, Xbox Series Jeez. X's, and graphics cards. Yeah. Like, I mean, a 16 year old. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, someone should beat that guy's teeth in. Uh, I'm going to cut that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was. Um, talking to someone and they mentioned that their friend was a Nintendo Switch scalper for the um the Animal Crossing version, you know when that no, came no. out. Yeah. That was a thing. And I, it was kind of like I don't even want to talk to you. Like what's wrong? Like like don't do that. It's so not the move. But yeah, you know, I guess yeah, I was going to say make that bread somehow, but I don't agree. Like, don't do yeah, that. At don't the destroy of, other people's like, lives. Yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of ways to make money. Right. So I, I have this pre-built Omen um, gaming PC. And it's funny, like when I've been telling people that I have it, like a similar thing to what you sort of said, where like, yeah, gaming is cool, like, but I, I can play games elsewhere and I have other excellent gaming equipment. So like, that's not maybe the biggest draw for me like the fact that i can like make videos and like yeah. do work is is going to be really exciting um but does that mean i haven't been playing games come on come <laughs> on come on now i've been playing some games this week i played through all of titanfall 2 um okay <laughs> the, whole, the right. whole thing the whole thing uh in one had, sitting uh in in three sittings so okay. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me caveat it's not that long of a game um but that was still maybe not a three sitting game. Uh, and if you're wondering that's, that game still kicks ass. <laughs> that is, it is still a very solid, um, game. Uh, and were you playing with a controller or mouse and keyboard? Mouse and keyboard. Cause I figured like I should probably learn how to do this. Yeah. You got to level up those skills. Yeah. Um, and I am like just clicking the keys in such an irresponsible way. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, you know, it's interesting to me. It sort of reminds me of playing the guitar where like, you know, you might know where it, it like early on in learning how to play, you might know where your fingers are supposed to go, but actually doing it when it comes time to actually do it, like you might as well just like throw your hand somewhere and pray. And and then you th you add the fact that every first person shooter is a little bit different from each other. Every yeah. PC game has the control. So like I was I went from playing uh, Rage 2 um, mm. to playing uh, Doom Eternal. Very, very different, different controls and yeah. like like they both require such precision that well not both definitely doom eternal requires such precision that you have to be very precise about all the different inputs and all your different things that you're doing mm -hmm. um so yeah it can be a lot but i you know once you get there i definitely the aiming is so much easier it is i am surprised at how excellent that is uh it makes sense why when i'm playing apex on a console and like you because you can see what version people are playing if someone's using a mouse keyboard it's like oh yeah you're gonna win yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks for letting me know ahead of time um so i did that all of all of titanfall 2 and, and again i want to reiterate that's such a good game like that is maybe the best first person shooter of the past generation or even two 
um, it, that is up there. And and I feel like not a lot of people really played it a whole lot just because of when it released with Battlefield and all that sort of stuff. It, but it's, it's sad because now they're basically like paying you to play it. Like you can get it like for five bucks on most systems and like yeah. it's been free a ton of times. It's like it's everywhere. So play it or play it on Game Pass, which is what I did because I hey! have Game Pass Ultimate. So I um, have been have been dipping my nose in. Uh, additionally, so I bought Persona 4 Golden off Steam. I've not started it because that's going to be quite the investment that I don't necessarily have time for right now. But I am excited to give it a try. I, I wonder, like, I, I'm, I'm always, like, in my head thinking that, like, these JRPGs might be good if you can get, like, a modded version of them on the PC just to, like, make things a little bit faster. Because mm-hmm. I always think about when I played uh, Final Fantasy VII, how much more enjoyable that game, the original one, how mm-hmm. much more enjoyable that game was when they had, like, they weren't mods, but, like, the game itself had, like, the turbo mode in it, so everything went faster. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you can, like, do that to a game, like, not that you don't want to necessarily play Persona, but just to, like, make you experience that story without having to, like, grind through, like leveling up and everything yeah. that could be awesome yeah uh i'm gonna be interested to get into like mods and stuff because that is such a foreign territory for me so like even understanding how like one would go about that i know there's like websites and stuff that are just like you know mod um like how do you say like a database of just like yeah, here's yeah. you know here's everything for all these different things but um yeah it's uh i'm i'm really excited to play that game i don't know when i'm gonna do it because uh, as I've been saying, I've been meaning to go back and finish Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I just haven't had time to do that. So who knows <laughs> when I'm going to be able to sneak a probably, I assume, 100-hour RPG in there as well. But, um, you know, life uh, finds a way. That's that my Jeff Thank you. But so I, so I downloaded that, uh, made that purchase, and then I tried out Microsoft Flight Simulator. That game's no joke. Um, yeah. So I forgot what it was. And when I booted it up, I was like expecting that I was going to be in the air flying over <laughs> Melbourne or, you know, Beijing uh, within minutes. No, I opened up that tutorial and they're like, all right, you need to adjust the paddles. Like, um, how do I do that? And then about two minutes into my tutorial, Justin, it asked me to hit a key that isn't on my keyboard. <laughs> what key? <laughs> um, it, so I don't have a number pad. Oh. And so it asked me to hit number pad six to steer the plane. And then. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I assumed that that wasn't going to be the only number pad button that was going to be on there. So I um, was I went into like the controls and I was like, OK, well, I, I'll just. um. Uh, like map it elsewhere. And then I was looking at like where everything else is. I'm like, yo, you're using basically every single key on this keyboard. Like, and if I map <laughs> this wrong, like I'm going to mess this all up. So I hooked up my, uh, an, an Xbox controller to it, um, a little bit better, but the game freaked out and didn't know like what I was using, um, which wasn't great. And, um, it ended up, I crashed my plane on the second tutorial which then caused the entire game to crash. <laughs> good, good, great. And I couldn't tell if that was a feature or a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? I couldn't tell. Like, it's like a, it's an immersion. It makes you it, your game crashes when you crash. Right, because there are certain games that like when you die. Like I think like maybe Five Nights at Freddy's is like this, or like other like jump scare horror games where like if you get killed, it just exits the application. Uh, and I was like, 
did it just do that? And then I had to open up Flight Simulator again, and it was it took you know two minutes because it's got to like load everything and get everything right. I'm like, oh no, uh, maybe I was maybe I was pushing this a little too hard. So I've not returned to that, but I I want to. I would love to learn how to fly. I would love to see the world, what it wants to offer me, all those things. Yeah, I I I. I'm one of those people who lack to see the the game aspect of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, a, a flight from like uh, L.A. to to Australia that that's like a uh, eleven hours or sixteen hours, something like that, right? Like yeah. pretty long. Yeah. Uh, and you that you get to experience every waking minute of that flight. <laughs> Justin, you've never once wondered how blue the ocean is. You've never once thought about what the stars over the American countryside might look like. I dare to dream. Maybe that, you know what? I might just be a simple-minded podcaster here. But um, I was told that I was born in a generation too young to explore the stars and too late to explore the planet. I got sad. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> that's really, <laughs> like, that got really sad. Um, I do the one thing um, in my time playing around with that uh, uh, the accessibility accessibility I don't know if that's the right term for it but they have a lot of like options in it that it can be as realistic or as arcadey as you want it to be like mm-hmm. they have options for you to like start in flight avoiding takeoff and landings auto that stuff so if if the initial controls uh, are not grabbing slash you can't do them because you don't have your keyboard or your number pad. Like, there are ways to make it, like, playable, but, like, mm-hmm. then I always feel like that kind of takes away from the purpose of what the game is supposed to be, like, simulating flight. Like, yes. I, I don't know. I, I Like, the enjoyment for that game is, it's a very specific type of enjoyment that I just don't know if, if I want to invest my my time into it, but it looks Yeah, pretty. I know what you mean. Well, and that's the thing. It looks gorgeous, and I, I just, I want to see some simulated landscapes of places that I would like to return to or like yeah, to go. Which is, I think, really cool. And I, I think, like, it, it, the the way that they kind of auto-generate the terrain but, like, have, like, big cities and everything put in there, it's really cool to see, like, that technology working because that's, like, a big... That's, like, a lot, like, yeah. that, that they can do that. So it's cool. Not my cup of tea, but that doesn't mean it's not a, a good experience. And, I, and I'm, I'm very thankful something like that exists. Yes, but uh, I'm going to be interested to see how they, because that's coming to Game Pass and it's coming to Xbox consoles. So first of all, I think the Xbox Series S version doesn't even run it. It is a uh, cloud version of it, which is interesting. Which just means like, you know, Don't I, I play mean, this, guys. yeah, right. Like, like not that you shouldn't if you if you want to, but it just makes you say like, yo, this game requires a lot of powerful hardware. <laughs> oh, and it was a massive download too. It's like it was like 150 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was big. Yeah. Um, the initial download was one gig, and I was like, no way. <laughs> nice. I was like, no way. And so, you know, downloads in like a minute. I open it up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to play this game. And then the loading bar of what the actual download was <laughs> showed up. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll be back in an hour or two. Uh, so cut to three hours later. It was all ready to go. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be curious about, like, how they map everything to these controllers because – when I was playing it, I was using a mix of the controller and the keyboard. Right. But, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Which I will say made me feel a little bit like I was flying a plane because it was very complicated. And I was going ah, ah, every, uh, <laughs> every, you know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Um, but I, I want to get back into it. I just want to I also I have to take a look as to like what 
if I'm using the recommended uh, like hardware spec or if I'm using the recommended settings for my hardware specs um, because I would rather it doesn't crash because um, that was jarring. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing I, I've discovered about the PC gaming. It's never as simple as just putting it in and playing yeah. it. Like it's always about trying to optimize it, make sure that you are getting like the best image or like like there's just like those little things that. While I say that it's only a PC gaming thing, it's really starting to happen in other in yeah. console games too. Yeah, um, trying to like optimize your experience for what you want, and as simple as it being like, are you choosing the sixty frames per second uh, or the thirty frames per second with ray tracing kind of stuff? Like you're still making those choices on console. Yeah. So, no, one hundred percent. But, 100%, but uh, PC gaming is cool. I like it. I like seeing all the fun lights in my keyboard and my. Um, computer i think it's very fun i like watching the little fan spin around it makes me feel um makes me feel like i've got a real setup here (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of weird um yeah it it is it is exciting to have something that works reliably yes Yes. at at all weirdly enough um but justin come on enough about me how about you what have you been playing what have you been up to uh, I, I did my first uh, of staying up until the sun came up in a oh. while playing a game. Uh, Dude, as I, was... I would love to be a teacher on summer break. That just sounds awesome. <laughs> like yeah, it does. It does mess up your life for like a, a like a week afterwards as you try to like readjust your sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was doing that because I was right at the end of Judgment, and I'm like, this game is twelve. It's it's twelve chapters. I see it everywhere. Uh, well, it's twelve chapters chapters and then the final chapter it's not mm. even it's technically chapter 13 but they call it like the final chapter so like in all the strategy guys are like there's 12 chapters and i was like okay but no 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 it, it's it was 13 so i kind of like stuck with it um other than judgment though uh i played a uh, smash ultimate because uh, as you know there's a new character out kazuya yes is that how you say it right kazuya um i heard someone say it properly someone who like knew the character yeah and i was like you missed like four of the letters out of a five letter <laughs> name so well, Kazuya is fine because that's how I read it, but um, apparently that is, is perhaps not correct. Entirely. I mean, they say it in, when you play it in the game, but you know, whatever. Uh, he's actually a, a very fun character. I was I was not really sold on him to begin with because uh, though I don't usually don't like the the fighting game characters uh, because they're very like stiff, hard hitting, slow moving, not have don't have a lot of range moves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but when they were revealing the gameplay, uh, Sakurai was talking about all like, uh, like how they wanted this to feel like a Tekken character in the smash world, but like obviously have to like fit the smash rules mm-hmm. and they want to get as many moves as possible with it. So they really were focusing on, uh, one of, uh, Kazuya's abilities in Tekken, which is like a demon ability. Cause he's a part demon or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, but like, so all of like the smash moves use these demon powers. And then you have like your regular moves that are just like your punches, your jabs, your like specific 10 move combos and stuff like that from that character from the game. So if you're a fan, like they were really highlighting, if you're familiar with Kaz- uh, Kazuya from Tekken, you'll be familiar by just watching him. But he plays great because that demon power he has or whatever, it really makes... Uh, it gives you more options rather than just being a fighting character. Like he has a couple of like uh, ranged attacks. One is like a, a, a laser that he hits and it's just your regular B special. Mm-hmm. But you can angle that and depending on if you're jumping or even if you're on the ground, you can angle it to make it pretty versatile. So uh, that's pretty cool. 
And he's strong, he's fast, he has a really cool jump feature, because you know how in Smash you have, like, uh, the you double jump and mm-hmm. then your B-up special to, to go, go further? Well, his first jump is really short, but his second one, he gets the demon wings and go, goes really high. And then for his B-up special, it does another kind of, like, uh, demon wing uh, up thing, except you can cancel out and use another move after you use oh. that final jump move because usually in smash you use that that b up and then you're like you're the what do they call that when you're like flashing and you can't like control anything but Don't they know actually call but i know what you mean yeah they actually give you options to like cancel out and dodge after that which is pretty cool so so and so there, there's one more right one more yeah. character yeah yeah definitely waluigi because here's the, i was thinking about this like, it's got to be a nintendo guy, a character right like yeah. To me, that makes sense. Like you'd want to see off this game with one final Nintendo character, but like, I don't know. It, it, it has to be like that dream character. Like the if it's going to be really the last one that you're doing, it better be a special one. I think the even if it's a good character, it would be very disappointing. Like I would have been disappointed if the last character announced was like a Kazuya character because like it's a cool fighter and everything. It's the gameplay things, but like that doesn't seem special to me. Yeah. And maybe that's just me, uh, overhyping stuff. Um, and me not being, uh, what's the word, uh, grateful <laughs> for getting more characters and stuff like that. But, um, I know what you mean though. Yeah. I think making it an exciting character that pops off is going to be important to put a, a, a pin on it. But yeah. Have you, uh, um, you've been playing Scarlet Nexus. I've been playing Scarlet Nexus. I have also been playing Scarlet Nexus. Um, so we, we talked about it a little bit last week. And uh, now that I've I've put a pretty considerable chunk of time into the game, I have a lot more thoughts and feelings. I think just about everything I said last week, I still agree with. Um, but I know you had said that you weren't potentially going to get it based on that demo. What uh, what caused you to actually buy it? my my broken soul obviously and it was like yeah, one of those of things like the, the thing i didn't like about the demo it's funny because i think my my thoughts of what i liked in the demo and like what i actually like in the game have kind of sw- swapped hmm. i was interested in the combat when yeah. i was playing the demo and the story was a little bit off-putting to me because i the the, the demo itself wasn't really focused on telling the story mm-hmm. um but then when i'm playing the game the further i get into it I'm really digging the story and the characters and everything. Yeah. Uh, but the combat is just getting a little stale to me. Yeah. And I'm, I, I cannot tell you how many hours I put into this because they do one of those sins of uh, just having your clock run when you're paused, even when you're like in the PlayStation menu, which is annoying. Oh, weird. So like my time played says like 15 hours and I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. I know for a fact <laughs> sure. I was not at this tea cafe for five hours between yeah. saves. Like you're just not doing that. So I played a lot and I'm just worried about how long term this combat is going to keep my interest. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing I was expecting after playing the demo, because they allow you to do it in the demo, is you have like five party members that you get to choose which four to be or whatever to that you get to focus on. It seems so far in what I played, and I'm probably like on chapter six, I think, of okay. uh, Kasani's story. I'm, I haven't been able to to pick party members other than who they give me in that particular mission. Interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I, uh, I am... I just stopped on chapter eight of uh, Yuito's story. And so I have 
four party members, but you can only have two out and fighting at any given time. Right? Is that how it is for you? Uh, I guess the SAS skills is what I'm talking about. Like how you mm-hmm. have those like four buttons yeah, yeah, that yeah. you can map to your your party members. So technically, I guess only two are fighting with you, but then you have abilities to up to four of them. Got it. I see what you mean. Yes. So then I am in the same boat where I've only had four SAS abilities, and then you know you choose. I've got two my of my favorites um, fighting alongside me. But yeah, uh, I've not like been able to really strategically choose which SAS abilities I need, but I like I there is a gameplay thi- thing that makes me think I might not be able to. You might not be able to because um uh one of the characters Luca his ability is teleportation mm-hmm. and you need you need to have teleportation to get through some of the environments. So I'm curious if you're ever going to be able to choose more than have have more than yeah four. and 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 like i i find like it it takes away your choice because yeah. the the when you're playing a mission with one of your characters uh w- one of them i think uh arashi is the one who like can like she's got like the bunny ears her, yeah the bunny ear girl who can like uh, like who's lazy but like also can like move real fast yeah when she's in your party, uh, you find these enemies that are like moving real fast, and the only way to attack them is to have her power activated. Mm-hmm. So, like they they seem to like build the combat encounters towards the party you have. Yes, which I get to a point. I just don't feel like I'm controlling stuff to the same level that I am. And there's sometimes you get like powers of people who you hate, and then like for that whole level, you're just like with well, I really hate your two powers together. So it's yeah. it, it just. I can't customize the combat to what I like. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just, I don't know. I, I, I thought I would have more options and I have less options than I thought I would. Well, what's actually kind of interesting about you saying that, um, because I'm, I'm feeling a similar thing where it's like, I'm, I'm liking this game, but I don't know if I, I don't know if it's going to overstay its welcome, you know, because when you beat one of these characters, if that is the halfway point, then like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not even done with one character, and I'm already like, all right, let's uh, yeah. let's get, let's start wrapping this up here. <laughs> the crews are. They, I do think they are pretty different from from the playthroughs. So that could what add it sounds different, like, yeah. different um, flavor to the combat. Uh, and uh, I, I I hope I like. We were texting earlier this week, and I sent you something a question that is kind of like <laughs> it seems like a spoiler, but it was from chapter three. So you said that you're in chapter like seven or eight at the time. Yeah. So. I asked it because the way the story is set up, th- how you answer that question would have told me how similar the stories are. And it seems like they converge at a certain point pretty significantly from each other. Yeah. But I think the first two chapters are pretty similar. Um, I have to imagine so. Parallel versions with different yeah. characters and stuff. Because um, it's interesting. When you, when you sent that, I was like, and, and I don't want to say it because I think it's a spoiler, but I was like, yeah. you, you <laughs> asked, like, too, hey, did this, no, you're good, you're good. You're like, did this thing happen? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and it was a, it brought in a, like, story type of story trope, maybe, that I was like, I didn't even know that we were going to go there <laughs> in terms of, like, what this story is actually about. So I assume that some of the, and may I say many plot twists and turns that have happened, I assume uh, you don't know about either. Yeah. And so I'm going to be interested. Our, our brief conversation where you said that 
has me really interested to play that other section yeah. because yeah. if it, if if it is that wildly different then I assume I am learning a bunch of stuff that you don't know and that those revelations will also be really interesting when you do play them and when I go back and play the other one. So, And, and I don't know what your thoughts are. I am really digging the, the, the world, the story, the characters, and interacting with these characters. Yeah. Um, I... I think the part of the problem, I mean, I'll be a little negative first. The part of the problem with the story is it moves so fast. Like it, yes. it, it, it like goes from we're all friends to we're all enemies to that. They, this is the bad guy to like, it just happens so quick mm-hmm. that sometimes the big story beats just don't build enough for me. They just happen. Yeah, and and I think that they introduce so many characters. When, yeah. I, when I was reading reviews of it, people were like, hey, just so you know, there's a lot of characters in this game. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I was kind of like, what? Well, like, yeah, it's like a JRPG. Like they have lots of characters. And then now I'm like, Hey, if anyone wants to play this, just so you know, there's a lot of characters in this game. <laughs> um, and, and to the point where I'm like, people will mention something. I'm like, was that a place or a person or? Yeah. yeah. I, the, the holding their names together is hard for me. Uh, yes. a lot of the times, but, um, so, I mean, that would be my negative thing of it, but I really do like the character interactions. At first, I thought Kasane was one of the worst characters I ever had the pleasure of playing in a video game. Yeah. She's literally like a robot. Like, at the very beginning of the game, everything was just about, I have to protect Naomi from everything. Yeah. And then, at one point, you're talking to, uh, I think uh, I was on, like, a, a bond date with Tsugumi, and she was asking if I liked anyone. And then my character's like, yes, I do, in fact, like someone, Naomi. And she's like, oh, well, no, not like, like a, <laughs> sure. What do you like? Do you like anyone else? And she's like, no, I guess not. I have not thought of it. I only like Naomi. <laughs> like, it, it was like almost comical, but like, as the story's progressing with her, um, like, that is like a plot point. So mm-hmm. it's not so much like it's just like bad writing or bad characterization. It's almost funny seeing her try to interact with all these characters and stuff. Yeah. And I've been really enjoying the Bond episodes because like that's been a well, sometimes weird with the narrative and what's happening with these characters. Um, it's just fun to see them interact with each other. They are pretty like developed characters, uh, yeah. I think. And each one. The, yeah, they're tropey as hell. I mean, it's an it's a, a, a Japanese kind of action RPG game. So like there there are huge tropes that you've seen a lot mm-hmm. of them. But I am interested a lot by these characters, I think. And I it's I, I, I enjoy all the story stuff more than the actual like combat stuff at this point i go back and forth and, and i want to talk about those bond episodes first because i think i have just one point that i want to say and then i want to talk about the combat but like i find the bond episodes like i do like the characters and i do like the characterization and i agree with you on all of that but i find them to be very bizarre because of the story yes so yeah. there is like a civil war going on and you get texts from people on the other side being like, hey, do you want to come hang out with me? And it's like, you literally just tried to kill me. <laughs> like, like literally the last mission, you were the boss fight. And, and now we are getting noodles. And to me, it sort of feels like they came up, they wrote all of these interactions and they wrote all these Bond episodes and whatever. And then realized like, oh no, they wouldn't, they can't go hang out and they're like well just just do it just do it anyway who, who really cares uh and, and then like additionally it is also very weird that the 
I mean, it is. A, I, I don't know if you've experienced this. It is. There's some dark stuff. It's like a heavy story, and particularly with the main character that I'm with Yuito, at least he is like dealing with a lot of stuff, and that is so weird that in the plot of the game, and like as it's being told, it's like, hey, here's this like really, really crazy government secret that you just learned. Do you want to get noodles? <laughs> and, and like, it's just kind of, it's odd. I like, I like those parts removed from each other, but together the, like, it is so all over the place. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think as I'm playing this game, I, the thing I keep saying to me, and this might be a good thing for you, um, is that uh, Fire Emblem uh, did it better. Okay. And Fire Emblem Three, Three Houses is basically the same kind of general setup. Like, the three houses that you have in there are three different groups with three different people in them, mm -hmm. and you play a professor, and you get to choose one of the groups to lead. But then you can go to the, all the other groups and still form bombs, bonds with them and everything, and yeah. eventually even recruit them over to your house. So, theoretically, you can get almost every character from the other t houses on your house if you like them enough and, like, give them gifts and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the way that game works, it just you're fighting against each other as these three houses because it's like it's like in, in Hogwarts with your different houses fighting each other, right? Yeah. So you have them fighting, but, like, they're also students, and they're, like, war games that you're playing. But mm -hmm. then there's a turning point that changes everything, and it seems to me this turning point happened at the end of the second episode. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Instead of it being, like, at a part that made sense for the yeah. characters so you couldn't build up those relationships before everything went to hell that's the thing it feels like it, like literally exactly what you just said it feels like they were like okay well like let's build these relationships let's make the player form these relationships with characters they like and they don't like and so that when it comes time to like draw a line of the sand the like they, they might be kind of conflicted about fighting them but instead yeah. it's just like here's the line in the sand do you want to get noodles and it's like ah, oh, <laughs> the order of that was weird yeah yeah but I, I i like it the the combat though i do think it's it i go back and forth i'm like really liking it and really not liking it and i really like it when i'm doing good and like when the enemies feel like they are made to with the combat in mind. So there's like certain of the others that have like protective shells that you need to destroy and you need to be like strategic about what powers you're going to use to fight them and to break the shells to reveal their weak spots. I think that stuff is really cool. But then um, like a majority of the boss fights that I've encountered so far have been with the other faction of OSF and those boss fights are basically not fun at all. <laughs> yeah. Have, oh yeah. Do you I, like I, them or... I, yeah, they're, they're, they're worse. And it doesn't matter if you have your companions or you're just doing it by yourself. The I think the, the thing that that sucks about those boss battles is you really need to use your um, uh, telekinesis power to, yeah. to fight a lot of them. Like that's where you do the most damage. And a lot of the boss battles, it has to be like two hits, run away, two hits, run away. Like just the, how to fight the humans because they're pretty boring enemies. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. And in order to charge up your telekinesis, you have to hit them. So it can just take a long time to, like, charge everything up and, like, get yourself in. The combat doesn't flow against them because it's slowed down so much. Yeah. Um, and it's just really, like, like uh, you, you showed me a, a clip of you playing when you were just fighting one of those human characters. And uh, Literally, like, I have 
like five sixths of my health left. So I've like got hit once. So I'm, I'm like doing fine. And in half a second, I die. Literally, I get hit four times and I'm dead. No way I could have countered. No way I could have had any sort of reaction other than just have that happen. It's like, ah, oh, cool game, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and like, uh, I think one of the issues with the with the combat is the camera is not great, specifically with yes. locking on enemies. Yes. Like, you would think that if you locked onto an enemy, most video games do the damn thing when they put the camera right behind you when you lock on the enemy, so it's like mm-hmm. you're facing it. This is when it does it. It, like, locks onto it, but you're still facing the other way, and you're like, okay, I guess it's not working well. So it can be a little annoying with that, and I do think those boss battles are some of the low points of uh, the game so far. Big boss monsters I, I have had fun with. Yeah. But the... Uh, that's, the yeah the actual like human stuff and as now where the plot's going but also from what you're telling me it seems like the further we get in the game it's just more and more of those human fights i've only had a few of the of the uh, other boss fights and then the rest have been humans which uh, is disappointing but i like the game i'm gonna see it through to the end i think because i'm enjoying it so in addition to playing all of that i see that you own a backbone controller (laughs) yeah yeah i do um, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, a backbone controller is like an uh, uh, iPhone specific gaming. I'm gonna call it a console, man. I'm just gonna straight up say it's a console. Interesting. Uh, it's uh, basically it's like on a it's like a, a controller, um, two joysticks, two triggers, like a standard controller that you can like pull apart and then put your phone in the middle. Mm-hmm. And there's actually like an iPhone specific little like dongle in there. Oh, cool. And then there's a way to charge your iPhone through the controller. Oh, that's so, very cool. Which is really good. And then, of course, a place for headphones as well if you want to listen to headphones. And uh, on a very basic level, it's a pretty good phone controller. Uh, it falls into some of the same issues that most phone controllers uh, have. Um, it's small. The uh, bottom, like the 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 bottom part of the grips does not necessarily like, I don't have much to grip on. If you can see my hand, it just yeah, okay. like, kind of feels a little small. The buttons are okay and everything. Um, but, uh, the, the cool thing about this is how easy it connects to your iPhone mm-hmm. and how easy things recognize that you have it. Cause a lot of these, you have to go into your Bluetooth settings, attach the Bluetooth, all this other stuff for this one, just put it in there, slide it in. You're ready to play. And the features that I really like about it are they have this backbone button. Uh, it's like a red button on it that you press, and it takes you to the backbone, like, I guess, home screen. That's a completely different app um, that it just acts like a, a place where all of your games on your phone you can access hmm. from that screen. And then, like, so, for example, I played Genshin Impact this week because... <laughs> Let's be honest. I love that game. And uh, now that I have a controller, I don't have to use my damn tap controls that I did. Mm-hmm. So I put that on there, and now whenever I press the back the 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 backbone button on the controller, it takes me to a screen that says, "Do you want to play Genshin Impact or do you want to play another game that you're playing?" So it's really easy how it like does everything like that. And there's like a lot of clear connections between backbone and i think specifically microsoft it seems like okay. when i bought it i got three months of live ultimate for free dang um which is nice that's like 45 dollar value right there 
cool. Yeah. Uh, but they also have like instructions on it about how to do the X Cloud gaming. Um, they have, uh, you know, like it, it's it's a very nice system, and it also has a way to like screen capture and take screenshots really easily, just like a, an Xbox or a DualSense controller. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the actual like technical perspective, I think it's pretty cool. It works great. I like it a lot. It feels good. The the joysticks. Um, uh, feel good like when you're controlling things um and i i, I enjoy it as a, a phone controller the thing i tried out this week though that i didn't like peter oh x cloud sucks uh now justin i've not done a lot of research on this so correct me if i'm wrong but they just they just opened up x cloud for iphone usage right Correct. Yes, they there's a there's a beta that they just extended. I think it's pretty recent that it was added to iOS. And just mm-hmm. like with any uh, streaming platform game platform like this, um, Apple has these policies in place that prevent you from um, using. Uh, they basically don't want to have like an app in the app store that gets you to game pass through right. X cloud. Right. So I'm basically doing it through a browser. So mm-hmm. you have to go to your Safari or Chrome or whatever you're using on your, on your iPhone and you have to go to a web page and then it takes you to the streaming thing pretty seamlessly. And like Xbox like has a, they, they tell you directions like save this to your home screen. This is what it is. And they have like a, like a, just a, a, a icon that you can get to pretty easy. So they make it pretty easy and it works. It, the, idea works pretty well but the actual streaming through xcloud um with my backbone and i have an iphone x so that might be part of it uh it was 95 percent of the time unplayable it was like you're doing Hmm. a um kind of like uh like it would play the game for like five seconds and then transport you two seconds in the future. So I was trying Ooh. a bunch of different games. Like I tried Yakuza Zero. Um, I I tried uh, Forza Horizon Four, and like unplayable. You just can't you can't play those games on those so on the X Cloud. Is that a, an X Cloud problem or is that a controller problem? So I wanted to test this theory that uh, it was an X Cloud problem. So I booted up my Google Stadia. Um, and well, the web page for Google Stadia to stream on my phone playing yep. um, through Stadia on the backbone. And I played Borderlands 3. And look at everyone, I, I'm, I really put this to a test by playing a first person shooter on a phone streaming, right? Yep. It worked awesome. Borderlands mm-hmm. 3 worked great through stadia with the backbone like i was shocked at playing a first person shooter like this um and it worked really 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 well oh, that's but then going back to the x cloud thing and i know it is a beta i i, I get it it just right. has a long way to go before it was playable hmm. so did you have you played x cloud before i've not done any of the x cloud stuff but that has been because my up until this point, I have not had a really great phone. Um, I've recently upgraded to uh, iPhone 11 or 12. One of them. One of the, the two newer ones. Because um, I traded one of my old phones in and all that. So it has not been to this point where I'm able to, like... I've not had any sort of belief that my phone could keep up with that sort of thing until mm-hmm. now. So that's one of the things that I'm interested in looking at. 
I have done remote play with my Xbox Series X on an iPad with a, you know, the Series X controller, which works really well. Um, you know, my internet is sometimes sketchy, so that is the issue there. But other than that, it's, you know, I'm playing, I was playing Mass Effect on an iPad, which is, like, incredible. <laughs> and you know, yeah. there's a little bit of latency, but, uh, you know, Mass Effect is not a very twitchy shooter, you know. And and speaking to that as well, um, I did try the remote play with the backbone and yeah. it worked fine. Perfect. Sure. Like I I played Outriders uh, a little bit on it. I wouldn't recommend doing that, but I also had my settings to be like extremely like uh like my uh what do they call that my resistance on the joystick was like really low or high so yeah. like i could move quicker did not work well <laughs> with the uh, latency and stuff so i had to like bring that down a little bit uh but it worked um now this is actually an issue probably with the backbone more so than with xbox so i tried to remote play forza horizon 4 um with the backbone and it worked really well uh like didn't have really any issues with latency controlling, except it could not register the difference between the D-pad and the joystick on the left-hand side. So whenever I would turn to the right, I would also be inputting at the same time mm. control pad right, and I would like change my radio station. So it was really weird that that was an issue. And I tried to remap the keys in both the backbone on my phone settings and on the uh, actual game. And the issue was in uh, Forza Horizon 4, it didn't register me hitting the joystick at all for the button mapping. So hmm. it was probably like an issue between Backbone and Xbox, like not registering that stuff. But then again, I tried it with Outriders, and Outriders did not have a problem separating the uh, D-pad and the joystick. So it's kind of like a case-by-case basis, I think. Sure. But that's kind of a big problem for some games if you're yeah. <laughs> if, if that's going to be the case. So... That would be one of the negatives, I, I would say, that it is something that is like you got to try all your games on it to know if it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty new, I think, the Backbone. It was like $100. That's um, not bad. Which isn't bad for, for a gaming controller uh, for your phone. Um, and uh, I spent a lot of time this week just messing around with it, playing a couple different games and stuff, and I, I like it a lot. Uh, there are just the, the caveats that not every game works 100%, and not necessarily a fault of the backbone, but xCloud was extremely disappointing mm -hmm. for me. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, that's cool. I don't, I don't know if that's the kind of thing I would check out immediately, just because for me, it's kind of like, well, I have... I have enough mobile gaming with the switch that it's not necessarily like a huge issue for me. Um, but I think if I were like, if I had to commute on like a train or something like that, that also, mm. that might be something interesting to check out. But if you commute on a train, it probably wouldn't be good to like stream through stuff. Yeah, like it's a very right, right, like right. specific case thing. And, and one of the reasons I got it, cause I would just like to sometimes without like, I have two TVs, like you see it in the in the camera behind me. I have one on a cart that if like my girlfriend is playing a game or watching something and I want to play something or watch something too, but be on the couch next to her, like I'll have to like like roll out the TV. But now I don't have to do that. I can just like have my my phone for certain games to play. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very like specific case situation. Um, I got a hundred dollar gift card to Amazon for my birthday, and I'm like, you know what? Oh, there you what? go. I wouldn't buy this normally, but with a birthday gift card, let me buy it, and I'm enjoying it. And I actually think right now, um, yeah, you're probably going to slap me for this. Uh, I think I might actually go through it and get Monster Hunter Stories 1 on my iPhone and be able okay. to play it with a controller. Sure, so. okay. 
Well, <laughs> good luck. I, you, Justin, good luck. Thank good, you. Thank I, you. I, might, I appreciate that. You know, I might refer you back one or two episodes to you talking about Monster Hunter stories, too. Um, just to see if you might like that. Go ahead and listen to that. Listen to your opinions there. See if it's something you might enjoy. But uh, yeah, 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 power to you. <laughs> I have, uh, and guess what? It looks like the combats are systems are pretty similar. So oh, good, good. Well, I know how much you appreciated them in that demo. But Justin, I want to talk about Grandpa Mass Effect. Do you know about him? Yes, this is the cutest story ever. This is what I hope it's like when I'm a grandpa, you know? Yeah, 100%. So this is from um, Cameron Corliss at GameRant.com. Excellent website. Uh, there's a writer there, a features writer up and coming. Uh, you'll, you'll catch him. You'll, he'll be a big name someday. So uh, this is by Cameron Corliss, uh, and this is titled Grandpa Plays Through Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Quote, most fun he's had in two decades. So this is a, <laughs> it's just a very sweet story about um, th- this guy posted on Reddit about his grandpa who... He introduced Mass Effect 2 with Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and he there's like a narrative mode in, in the way that a lot of games have that, like in terms of a difficulty setting where the combat is way de-emphasized and it's more on the story and more on the choices and, and relationships as um, as Mass Effect is, is really, really known for. Um, so, so this guy posted on Reddit basically just talking about like, have your grandparents do this because it's at, like, you know, video games are sort of inaccessible, I think, to a lot of maybe older people just because you know they weren't really around and and why start now if you never really into it um and it's kind of a i don't know i think daunting task unless you have someone like really helping you out but uh it's very cute this is a from one of the paragraphs it says this (laughs) apparently the grandpa even had a quote pimp playthrough of the game with storm raider uh 2000 stating that their grandfather explored a number of mass effect romance options during his time with it um that's funny (laughs) that's that's very cute the one thing that was concerning on this article was that the cover image was of Ashley. So I'm hoping Grandpa wasn't a big fan of Ashley. No, you can't. She's not nice. <laughs> she's not good. <laughs> Guys, she's not good. Stop it with this Ashley stuff. She's not great. But how how sweet is that? And I think it really shows you the that Mass Effect is an amazing uh, story. Like, yeah. like we're n- I, I would be shocked happy but shocked if we ever get a game like the mass effect trilogy again Mm -hmm. um that even some of these like little choices that you can make in this game have implications on all three versions of it characters you save in the first one come back in the third one even if it's like for a little thing and the the amount of like well what if this character survives and they do this thing and this character's there the amount of that stuff there is it really makes you feel like your playthrough is different than my playthrough, sure. even if we both do a Renegade or Paragon option, right? Like, if we both are Paragon playthroughs, who you saved, who you killed, who you romance, all that stuff. Like, it's like the, the options are crazy enough individually in each game, but then when you, like, combine those all with all the other versions, and sometimes, like, one thing that you say to Miranda in the first 10 minutes of meeting her in the third game can impact if she lives or dies based on what you did in the previous games. Like, like there's just so many little things like that that it really does make you feel like you are in control of what's happening to this world. Your your fingerprint is put on it. Yeah. And that's awesome that uh, it's a game that the, the, this grandpa could play and enjoy. Um I think the article talks about how the next game uh, this guy wanted uh, his grandpa to play was The Witcher uh, 3. Can't say that one would probably be the first choice I would pick, but... Um, it seems 
I mean, that game was inaccessible to me, but <laughs> I'm also like not a, like a really big reader, you know, so, so who knows? But uh, yeah, th- I think this is wonderful. I always love he- seeing stories like this. Have you seen there was this was so sweet. This was a long time ago. Um, there was like, I don't remember where, but it was a post and it was like I showed my grandpa how to play Assassin's Creed 2 and he's just been cruising around this, the waterways of Venice on a gondola for two hours. And like awesome. that's that's so nice, you know. Like that, like that's that is to me like the appeal of like flight simulator, you know, where it's just like, oh, yep. The the novelty of being in a different environment or a f- different world is just so cool that people are fine with sometimes doing mundane tasks just because it's kind of cool. So, are you a big uh, are you a big GTA fan? Complicated history with GTA, and I think my love of GTA or my my experience with the GTA uh, come much more through the single player lens than they would through like what it's known for now. Like yeah. what Grand Theft Auto Five has become is not the Grand Theft Auto Five that I grew up or the Grand Theft Auto that I grew up playing. Yeah, no, so 100%. I, I I like them. I I want story content. I played uh, Vice City, San Andreas Four and Five, the stories to completion. And by the way, Vice City is uh, not that. I would not play through that game today. <laughs> it's just so like hard and like repetitive yeah. and like not friendly for gamers. Sure, I I have uh, never played a single one of them. Um, <laughs> I I've played them uh, like at, at friends' houses when I was yeah. a kid, but uh, I've never owned one. I've never never really touched them. It doesn't really seem like my thing, but. Uh, but GTA 6, a lot of people thought we were going to hear about that at uh, E3. Uh, I don't know. I don't maybe maybe I'm just not plugged into the GTA community at all. But like I was like, why? <laughs> like, I guess just because it's been a while. But like GTA Online is already racking in more money than has ever been. Uh, that's then more money than than has ever existed at one given time in uh, the entirety of the world. But Grand Theft Auto 6, it seems as if. Uh, that's probably going to come out in 2024 or 2025, which is, I mean, it's 2021 right now. That's, that's, that's ways off. <laughs> that's a ways away. Yeah. I, I think a Grand Theft Auto game, I think whether or not you are into Grand Theft Auto or not, these are landmark games. Like, yeah. like these are games that are event type games and we're not even talking about like another like uncharted game coming out because i think that's like an event game for specific people but like grand theft auto is something that because of i guess the controversies with the older games and even like the current games and stuff like that it's just this huge property millions of dollars are are put into it they spend a lot of time on it it really kind of shows like what video games are at that time when it comes out yeah the fact that we are still playing gta 5 when it came out in 2013 two console generations ago on the playstation 3 xbox 360 yeah it's wild like that's crazy like Mm -hmm. that like and it's still like one of the top selling games of all time so i think that People are excited, not so much that they necessarily want to play it. They just want that next that they want that next Grand Theft Auto grand event. 
And from what this next one and a bunch of leaks, uh, there was an article from Joe Scrubbles at IGN uh, that's talking about this. And he mentions that this has been uh, substantiated or or has been uh, like there's multiple sources that are like talking about this, a well-known leaker. And then there is someone at uh, what is that website? Is it a video game chronicle? Bloomberg? Bloomberg. Yeah, Bloomberg. Uh, and reports uh, on Bloomberg are saying that, like, this stuff is, like, probably true. Um, and this is, like, kind of what the, the Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to be, which is interesting to me because it's definitely, like, mixing the online with... I guess kind of like what the story is. So basically it says the game would take place in a modern take on the series Miami inspired vice city and that the game's map will be altered over time in the same manner as live service games like Fortnite. uh, details of VGC also said it had heard. Uh, and then it goes to say, of course these are rumors, but they also mentioned how it would be a female protagonist, um, in this in this version, which is new to the series and everything, but that that's interesting. But like, how do you make a single player game around a world that sh- changes like that? Like that must be hard. Yeah, well, you look at something like Destiny, which is, you know, that is a multiplayer game, but it has a single player campaign. That, to my understanding, there are aspects of the single player campaign that you cannot play anymore because like planets blew up. Or something like that, which I, I don't know anything about I wouldn't Destiny. be surprised, I mean. But like, yeah, I, I remember when that they said they, they had an, an announcement where they basically said, hey, if you're planning on playing this part of Destiny, uh, get to it. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, um, I, I think that's cool. I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, having worlds that change is, is kind of cool. And it's not really something that's really been explored in games in a single player fashion like grand theft auto or or i mean even if it is going to be a single player only experience it might be something similar to destiny where yeah you know it is an online game that a lot of people play online together but there is a single player story that you can get through and do i i'm interested in this i think it'll be fun i will play it when it comes out i do like I, I, this is hard this is a hard ask of me for you in uh, 2021 but if you do have the chance to to get grand theft auto 5 in one of the many places you can get it for free or very cheap mm, game pass game pass uh I, is it still on game pass uh it recently got added i thought cool. yeah then definitely like try to play through the story like yeah grand theft auto 5 specifically not only is the story interesting but the actual gameplay is very like forgiving instead of like having to start missions again all the way from the beginning and like travel places over and over again the story is cool though you have like these three characters from different worlds all coming together to do like these tasks and stuff like that um i think it's the the as much as grand theft auto gets like nailed for being like inappropriate and like mature i think some of the strength in every grand theft auto game uh is kind of like the storytelling that it's pushed specifically Mm -hmm. from vice city on uh and i think grand theft auto 5 is a 10 out of 10 video game um 
uh, and I think it's only gotten higher than that if possible <laughs> since, <laughs> you know, people have been uh, modding it up and playing online so much. But I, yeah. I, I recommend you, you at least try that game. And dear listener, if you haven't uh, played Grand Theft Auto V, uh, you know, put down every other game that you're playing. Forget your back catalog. Just play, throw them away. Yeah, throw it all play away. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Thank you. Yeah, I started that. Um, no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do that. I might one day. One day. There's uh, Justin currently a 100-hour JRPG sitting on my desktop right now in the form of Persona 4 Golden. But um, let's talk about Sony. They're... A company, which I think is interesting. You gotta love them, right? Yeah, they're the they're the. Did you ever read Family Circus? No. As a kid, okay, it's like a comic strip. I was gonna say they're the Jeffy of the video game world, where it's like, you little rascal, what's going on? What are you doing? Um, are you, I assume you're I'm, frantically I'm, I'm googling Jeffy. Googling it, uh, and then I'm gonna put plus Jeffy. Yeah, he's the he he walks around on the walls sometimes and. Oh, Jeffy looks like a character here. There's one of him squatting. It's unclear if he's pooping. And then um, the one right next perhaps. to him is holding a, uh, like a, a, it's a cookie, but it looks like a brown turd. So ironic juxtaposition of those two things. But <laughs> I, sp- I, I suppose get, I get so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, he's a cute I'm, dog, I, though. Yeah, there's a, uh, what's the dog's name? You wouldn't know because you didn't read yeah. it. <laughs> it looks cute. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sony is, has been doing some stuff. Thanks for throwing this image in our Discord chat, here's Jeffy holding a banana. <laughs> uh, oh, I love, I love me some good family circus. <laughs> so let's talk about Sony. Okay, so Sony. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. Let's uh, let's start on the positive, maybe with uh, July sixth. So today is the fifth. So if you're hearing this. When it comes out on the 8th, it may be too late. Um, But when you're hearing this, there either will or there won't be a new state of play announced. Basically, Joshua Duckworth, a wonderful boss and writer at uh, GameRant.com. There's an up and coming writer there uh, who's he's pretty good. Um, Don't remember his name, but uh, Joshua Duckworth was it Cameron Corliss from earlier. Also great, also a wonderful. I, he's not my boss, but I think he is a boss of some people, some departments. But <laughs> Joshua and Duckworth, Peter, you're a boss of the world. So ah, uh, thanks, yeah, there you go. Justin. Thanks. I'm a sort of co-boss of of uh, Hitbox, the podcast. <laughs> um, we're, we're we're co-CEOs. You could, all- you could be the the sole CEO. I'll just have all the tax information sent to you. You're welcome. Yeah, for all the tax, for all the money we're raking in, all the podcast bucks <laughs> from from Spotify and Apple Podcasts and those things. Anyway, Joshua Duckworth wrote um, on GameRant.com. The article is titled "Why Sony Fans Should Keep an Eye on July 6th." Basically, talking about how we haven't had a state of play. We're waiting on a state of play. July 6th seems like it could be the announcement for the state of play because he writes this thus far there have been three state of plays this year february 25th featured several games uh, including returnal and final fantasy 7 remake integrate april 29th featured ratchet and clank among us and subnautica below zero and may 27th focused on horizon forbidden west each of these events took place on a thursday and the time span fits for a new state of play to take place soon as well however the most important detail to aid the legacy um However, the most important detail to aid the legit. 
However, the most important detail to aid the legitimacy of the July 8th date is not what happens that Thursday, but what happens that Monday, July 5th, that's today, or is more likely to happen on Tuesday, July 6th, and that is simply the announcement of um, the state of play, which would be happening on Thursday when when this show goes live. So who knows? Uh, if you're listening to this and there's a state of play, uh, what do you think is going on? Justin, thoughts, feelings? Uh, we got to hear something from Sony. Uh, we really do. Uh, yeah. And whatever we hear from them, like, treat it as their... Uh, I, I, we should not expect this to be an E3-level showcase, right? They're probably going to be giving a few announcements to, to what could be up and coming. Like, I mean, we got to hear more about, like, when Horizon's coming out at some point, right? Right, yeah. Um. Like, focus on, like, the, the last quarter of the year. I'm not expecting Sony to have, like, five brand-new first-party IPs coming out um, at, at the end of this calendar year. But I'm not expecting it to be an E3 press conference. I'm expecting to get a concrete picture about something or some things to be excited for at the end of this year. Yeah, you know, like, it's interesting that you bring up Horizon. So they are they already gave a... as, as uh, Joshua Duckworth pointed out there, there already was a state of play for Horizon that was solely devoted to it. It kind of makes me wonder, like, you, you would have thought that they would have given that release date then. Obviously, mm-hmm. the world is not in such a place where predicting things is maybe super easy, but um, it, it sort of makes you think that if they were going to have a release date for this year, they might have said it then, although they did say recently, I think after that, uh, state of play that hey production is still going well hopefully we're still aiming for 2021 holiday so you know um, what are they halo <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Um, yeah it's 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 interesting because I, I was doing some research and basically a lot of those first party studios from um from sony have either put out games recently it, with you know Insomniac with Spider-Man and Ratchet and Clank, Naughty Dog with uh, Last of Us, Sucker Punch with um, Ghost of Tsushima. A, a lot of these studios have put out games within like the last year or so. So there's like not a lot that feels like it can be shown other than things that are coming up, which is Horizon, Gran Turismo, and uh, God of War. But I don't think we're going to get another Horizon-specific state of play because we just got that. Uh Gran Turismo, I think, is was always scheduled for 2022. So, like, that one seems like it might be a way off still. And with God of War, I mean, we don't even know the title of that. Uh, that one also feels a little ways away. But I guess it was also scheduled to be out 2021. I mean, I guess that was written down somewhere. I don't think anyone ever believed that would happen. But. Yeah, I mean, that was like, they had, the, that was the stinger at the end of the, uh, Sony, uh, was it the announcement of the PlayStation five? Like it was Maybe. like the, the last thing that was the God of war. And then 2021 and people like lost their shit and everyone, and the smart people were like, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> about that. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. A state of play would be exciting. I, I think that after E3 with, Microsoft and Nintendo having like banger showcases. Like, I don't know what Sony's going to do that maybe not not that it's a competition that it needs to rival them, but I I don't know what they're going to do that is going to be as exciting. So who knows? I, you're right. It's not a competition, but 
from a business perspective, but they're competing businesses, right? Sony's gotta do something because yeah. they're. I mean, th- this is exactly what happened with the PS3. When I think when they start the PS3 generation, they came in hot off the PS2, and they started making choices and decisions that weren't super consumer friendly, and. At this point, I, I feel like most of the news about PlayStation is not great. I want to talk about that. And we have like five stories here. I know. There's a lot. <laughs> like, I, don't even know, I don't even know where to start. I, I, like, can we start? You said, you know, consumer friendly practices. Can we start, talk about Ghost of Tsushima director's cut? it's not a consumer friendly practice (laughs) no that's what i mean that's what i mean like uh, this is baffling and and i think we have echoed this sentiment earlier on the show in in different episodes that like the the upgrade path that microsoft has for like if a game is if you have a game on the xbox series x getting that next gen upgrade is like extremely straightforward because it's usually just like oh it's free (laughs) like that's the solution is just like oh you just have it um, with the PS5, it is so convoluted to know if you qualify for something like that or whatever. It, it's so wild. So the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut was announced, and with it, uh, there's like a new island, which I, I, I didn't play it. There is there's like multiple islands, right, in the game. No, no, you just have the you have Tsushima, which is divided into three sections. And and this this new director's cut has a new playable area island that will hopefully be substantial as a DLC like excited about. I okay, I would be excited about that if it wasn't for everything we're about to talk about. But right. New story, new stuff. PS5 upgrade looks great. Everything in it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Japanese lip sync, which apparently was missing from the launch of that. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a sub kind of guy so i you know i watch the dubs <laughs> i play games in english because that's the one i speak weirdly enough but um apparently the people looking for that have that but uh yeah let's um justin break down for me okay How, so if if one wanted to play the director's cut break that down so i, I hi i have purchased uh, ghost of tsushima uh for my ps4 Um, I have beat it, I have platinumed it, and I would be excited to get it for my PS5. However, I have a couple of options in order to do it. In fact, uh, this article um, from David Thier at Forbes, yes, that's right, a Forbes magazine article, Forbes website article, is going to have to help me here to understand what my (laughs) options are. That's the kind of world we're in. So there are five bullet points of options I have. So, basically... I can buy um, uh, Ghosts of Tsushima Director's Cut from for the PS4, uh, brand new, for 60 bucks, right? Okay, yeah. I can buy it brand new for the PS5 for 70 bucks. So you get yes. that $10 PS5 tax, which it looks worse when you're doing this, right? It looks horrible when you're doing yes. this. Yes, because to me, like those, as we sort of mentioned earlier, I think Microsoft can get away with this because it's like, yeah, everything else is free. Like y- you yeah. guys are so good about right making this easy and, and not a headache and not need a chart or a five bulletin points to break down how this works. Go on. Right, right, right. So okay, now 
you can also some people might be like, well, why wouldn't you just get the 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 PS4 version for sixty dollars and then upgrade that to the PS5 version instead of paying the seventy dollars? Well, guess what? It's if you have the PS4 director's cut, it's an additional ten dollar charge to upgrade to the PS5 version. So, so that's the same price. So if you purchased, so like let's say I purchased the sixty dollar version of the director's cut, yes, for my PS4, but wanted it to be on the PS5, I would have to pay an additional ten dollars. Right, exactly. Okay, all right, good. So there you go. So you're going to have to pay that in order to play the upgrade version, which is, I think, garbage to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that is them getting around what I just said, where I own a PS5. If I bought the PS4 copy, like, you know, through backwards compatibility. It's to reaffirm that PS5 games are 70 bucks. Stupid. Okay, now I have the PS4 version. Yep. um, And if... I want to play the director's cut stuff on my PS4. I have to spend $20 to get the director's cut content. So and it's I a $20 play, upgrade. Got it. Yeah. And I can play it, but it's not going to be optimized for PS5 on my PS5. So it is a backwards compatible game that you are playing yes. on a PS5. So for 20 bucks, I get the director's cut, like, because I already have the base game, 20 yep. bucks, I get all this stuff on my PS4, and I can play the PS4 version on my PS5. Mm-hmm. Now, if I want to play the director's cut version on my PS5 with the PS5 upgrades, that's $30 more okay. instead of 20 Why, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's so convoluted and like it's just so hard to like you got to think about how you're selling this to consumers and maybe we're just hyper aware maybe we are but maybe i'm hyper aware and i just got my ass bitten uh about judgment because i bought the ps4 version of judgment thinking i could get the ps5 upgrade for free Mm -hmm. Not even a PS5 upgrade option. I have to buy the PS5 version of Judgment in order to play it. So I just beat Judgment on my PS5 playing the PS4 version when there was a better version out there that I could have played, which I would have loved to play, which I wish I could have played. Yeah. And even going back to Like a Dragon, Like a Dragon, when I played that, I bought the PS4 version, played through most of it. The upgrade was free to the PS5 version. Thank you. But it didn't load your saves, right? It didn't take my save over there. So like that was like just... It's so frustrating that it's even someone who's informed, I have to do homework, extensive homework to try to understand how much I'm going to have to pay for something, where I should buy it, how I should buy it. Imagine telling people who are buying for little Johnny for Christmas, like, I want to get the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, mommy. And the mommy's like, all right, gets the PS4 version, the kid crying on Christmas. Christmas is ruined because of Sony. (laughs) Thanks, Sony. Thanks, Sony. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this is busted. I, uh, it, because, like, uh, <laughs> it's it's hard to even think about this because I'm not a business person. I don't know. I don't know how if, if this because to me what it seems like this is the way that you make money off of this sort of thing. Whereas to my understanding, like the Microsoft model maybe is not making money, but you are building enough goodwill that people are willing to spend money in the future on you, you know, like it's paying it forward a little bit. So like part of me is like, okay, I guess I get why they would, why it would be this way. But I also don't understand, like make this easier, (laughs) like, please. And when I, when I was playing, uh, testing the backbone out, 
I was able to remote play Forza on my my Series X, yeah, and then stream the cloud version without even downloading anything, and my save automatically went from my Xbox to the cloud. Didn't even have to click anything. Yep. It did it for me. Yep, that's awesome. That I mean that 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 makes that makes it that I'm not like it doesn't matter if I have a Series X or a Series S or a Xbox One or a cloud. It's the same Xbox. The internet, the world is Xbox, right? Right. I know that sounds lame, but like anywhere you go, you get your you get your Xbox profile carried over. Simply, mm-hmm. not the case with Sony, and it. Th- it just seems that that makes they are just trying to get the most money out of their their game, and instead of like just it, it's not even like they're just trying to help and focus on the PS4 group anymore, because like I can understand that maybe they want to release these things like Horizon's going to be for PS4 and PS5. I would get that because like you know you want to make sure you're playing to those uh, millions of people who have a ps4 right but if you're playing to both and charging me for both in a different way not only you're not being friendly you're just trying to take advantage of the of it and trying to instead of caring about the my experience as a gamer you just want to make sure that you're getting your money the your ten dollar extra premium for having a ps5 version well i think it's it's interesting too because like exactly to your point it feels like it is taking advantage of the people who went out of their way to buy your new thing so you know like the people who went out and labored over trying to get a ps5 are sort of like a little bit out of luck when it comes to these upgrades and i also think it's it's weird because like the upgrades are inconsistent in terms of like what's being offered and who's getting what and and i think you can sort of see based on what a like recently released games are doing in terms of a PS five upgrade. So like ghost of Tsushima didn't get one until now and they're repackaging it with additional DLC and stuff. Last of us part two has a free PS five upgrade, which makes me think that like nothing like this is coming for this game. Like I don't, I don't director's cut. It would be, it would be the same thing if there's a director's cut, right? Well, they could, theoretically have if you want the director's cut with the enhancements on it you got to have the ps5 version right but to me like was there a ps5 upgrade for ghost of tsushima before this i I can look while while you're finishing your point because like what i'm trying to say is like if there if ghost of tsushima needed a director's cut to have this upgrade then it makes me think that okay well if the last of us doesn't need a director's cut doesn't need a special edition or whatever to have that upgrade then we are not going to be getting a full package like this in this way some does that sort of track uh yeah yeah yeah. um and to, to be clear uh ghost of Tsushima did have a 60 fps upgrade for the oh, ps5 so what do i know so, <laughs> so i'm 100 wrong potentially uh yeah whoops hey sorry about that one whoops <laughs> <laughs> no but i the <laughs> Your point would make sense to me. However, it's not what they did. It's right. not consistent. Right. It is. I don't know. It, it, I love you. I love your game, Sony. I love. I love things that you do. I love the balls you have to get up and like drop the mic at E3 press conferences, trying to dunk on Sony and Sega and all these things. But like, stop for a second and just. Think about the marketing behind this. Think about to make it. You got to make it easy for consumers. I don't care that you're charging me ten extra dollars for PS5 games. Yeah, I care that you're making it like doing my taxes 
in order to upgrade a game. Yeah. And I have very little interest in getting the integrated version of Final Fantasy VII because of these same reasons. Like, right. like it, it is it going to carry my save over? Is, can I even play that game, same file on my PS? Should I just play the PS4 version on my PS4 and screw everything else? Like, I'm not going to play this game probably because of how hard you made it for me to do this instead of making it easy. I would have gladly paid $20 for some DLC for it. But, yeah. like, I can't guarantee that my $20 is A, going to be enough, or B, give me the gameplay experience that I want by continuing my save over to the PS5. And yeah. that that... You shouldn't de-incentivize me for buying a game. <laughs> no. So, uh, Sony. <laughs> you want to hear more? <laughs> no! Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is, um, this is according to Rob Fahey from uh, GamesIndustry.biz. This is titled, Sony's PS Plus Misstep Risks the PS5's Consumer Image. Uh, this is an opinion piece. And... Basically, Rob Fahey says in the spirit, in that spirit, it's been interesting to watch the response to a relatively low profile piece of news this week. The launch of a PS5 upgrade for Greedfall in real quick. Have you played Greedfall? I have not. I have not. It is a multiplayer specific game. Is that correct? It's like a. Rob, it seems like a greedy game. <laughs> <laughs> in general terms rob fay he writes on this isn't remotely a big deal greedfall is fine but it's not an especially huge or popular game but it comes with an important caveat that seems to have ignited an already smoldering seam of discontent among the chattering classes namely that it won't be available to people who got their copy of the game through a playstation plus subscription this is the same story essentially as what happened with final fantasy 7 where if you got Final Fantasy VII Remake from P your PS Plus subscription and you did not buy a physical copy or a digital copy before it was free, you do not get the free PlayStation 5 upgrade. However, if you wanted to play Final Fantasy VII Intergrade, you would have to buy that anyway. <laughs> you you oh need a God. spreadsheet. You need, a, you need another <laughs> spreadsheet. Buffoonery. Insanity. Like, like it's just so weird. And... and Perhaps we're, we're, we might just be talking in a circle at this point a little bit about this, but like it makes that PS Plus subscription feel a little bit like undervalued, which is weird because like Sony people want people people like this. This is a thing. This is like one of your things that is a sort of selling point for PlayStation. You know, hey, sometimes you know, every every month you get three free games and they are usually of, of pretty high quality. Uh, and, and it's just like come on man <laughs> what are you doing <sighs> you know um i it it's really hard to to not compare what microsoft and what sony are doing with each other um right. i know they're different companies I I know Microsoft had a lot of work to do to make up the goodwill that it lost with its announcement of the Xbox One. Mm -hmm. um, but clearly, Microsoft has a direction. They have a long-term strategy. They have a plan that is not just the next year or the next big release. They have yeah. a company plan. And their idea is that the more people you get into the... Microsoft ecosystem, 
the better it's going to be for for Microsoft, for their gaming, for Xbox, for everyone, for mm-hmm. game developers, for players. And it's it's really hard to not look at what they're doing and agree with them that they are making a choice that is going to set them up for a future of success. Um, and even if they do have, even if pretend they did not get like Bethesda or the whatever Bethesda games, they don't need 10 out of 10 video games to be a successful company. They are just a place to play video games. So easily, wherever you are, whatever you want to do, you can play games on your Xbox uh, ecosystem. And it's just, it's the move I wouldn't make if I was running a company, but it's the move you have to make to move the industry forward and to to you know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I can't imagine it. Look, if I if I would present this to to like a, a financial person, they'd be like, "You're crazy for doing this." But I don't I don't think what what Microsoft is doing is crazy. Um, I think it's ambitious, and I think what they're doing seems to be crazy, but it works. Yeah, well, and I think that Microsoft and Sony are in such different places, like financially. You know, Microsoft has the money to throw that around. They spent seven point five billion dollars on Zenimax. That's an incredible amount of money. Like that is so much money. So they clearly are able to throw that, not throw that around, but they're able to spend the money to make these purchases and and take these risks even. Whereas like Sony just doesn't have that money to, to take risks like that. But what it's doing is it's, I think Microsoft is doing a lot of good, but I think they are inadvertently making Sony look bad just because like I don't know if Microsoft weren't wasn't doing this like you know on Game Pass day one and these like uh what is it smart delivery upgrades and and all this stuff if they weren't doing that then I don't know if we would be as like critical of how Sony is behaving with all this stuff because this this feels like the upgrade path from the Xbox 360 PS3 era right however now it it feels like a little outdated and it, it feels outdated and it feels like that, that's the good thing that Microsoft is doing is pushing the industry forward yep. in a way that's going to make everyone else change if they want to keep up with what Microsoft is doing. Because, right. again, from a business model, uh, I, I uh, have a quote from Ryan McCaffrey had an interview with Phil Spencer for their, uh, I think it was a milestone episode of IGN Unfiltered. Uh, I think it was 500. Um, oh, damn. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, we're, getting, we're getting there. But basically, uh, what the uh, interview was saying was that Phil Spencer said, so when we look at the economics of Game Pass, like answering specifically, like, is this something that's making money? It's not just how many games uh, a subscriber is playing in a subscription. And if they would have purchased those games or some number of games or what's the trade-off on purchases versus subscriber revenue. We never really look at it that way. What we do is say, are we growing the number of players on our platforms? And are they playing more often? And from the activity we see, the business grows. The number one metric that we get to see if our business is actually growing is are people playing more on our platform? And guess what? They are. So Phil Spencer directly said, what we're doing is profitable. Maybe not looking at, is it making more sales? Because how can you possibly... How can you possibly guess, right? right. Like, what I bought Outriders. Uh, well, actually, probably a bad example. Perhaps. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, but like um, they're seeing people are 
invested in Microsoft more now than they were before. Yeah. More people are playing Microsoft in more places now than ever before. That means eventually those things, you're making money. You mm-hmm. have the mind share. That's the market. And uh, they're, they're being successful right now. So it's as much as uh, I don't think Jim Ryan wants to hear this, buddy, it is your move. What yeah. are you going to do to be viewed as the place where consumers go to play video games? Because right now, you're not it. Do you want to hear more? Oh, no. <laughs> about, about what this so this is not from the consumer standpoint this is from the development standpoint but i think that like i don't know re- reading this doesn't as a non-game maker as a consumer doesn't make me like super stoked about <laughs> playing games on sony platforms this is also from game rant there's like a really great up-and-coming writer from there he's a features writer uh we, we should get one of his articles on here at some point um Although he doesn't write news, so that might be difficult. Um, maybe we could, like interview him or something. Uh, his name's Peter, something not important. Uh, but JJ Broson writes th- uh, this headline is from Game Rant, uh, as I mentioned before. PlayStation is making life difficult for indie devs, according to report. Now, did you hear about this at all? Please tell me. What are you doing, Sony? What are okay, you doing? so so he, he writes this. Indie developers have started to speak out about the lackluster treatment they receive from Sony when it comes to titles they release on the PlayStation platform. Without naming names, one industry, uh, excuse me, one indie dev praised the Xbox Game Pass when discussing how poorly PlayStation handles indie games. According to the dev, Ian Garner, I'm not sure what he has worked on, um, but I read his his thread when he initially posted this. PlayStation does very little to help indie devs see positive results on what they release through the console. So little, in fact, that Ian can't find a reason to continue publishing through them. Other indie devs seem to share Ian's sentiment. A news report, uh, pub- uh, excuse me, a new report published by Push Square relays how many of them share his same complaints, as well as the mentality of whether it's even worth putting in the time and energy into making playstation ports for their games as apparently they don't see anywhere near it the same success on the console as they do on other gaming systems like xbox and P- pc Whew. that's bad and this is a, a classic example of ignoring the people who got you to where you were because when the ps4 came out the focus of sony became a lot more on not only their own ips but indie games and yeah. really helping and fostering indie devs. That is clearly a different story for the PS5. And yeah. if you if if you are just going to bank on your PS5 being a place where you can play the next Uncharted, the next Last of Us, the next whatever game this is, you're just you're gonna leave so many people in the dust. And and that that just scares me about like what the future of of PlayStation is going to be because. If Sony does start losing money and they are not as successful, you're not going to get these types of uh, of first party games that I love as a gamer. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just so sad. <laughs> Re- reading more of it, I don't have the specific numbers here, but like they don't. So, uh, oh, more of this article says the lack of in, um, this lack of indie game success on PlayStation dev notes stems from Sony neglecting to give the titles effective advertisement. Um, it's not in here, but the thread goes on to say that like to get an ad on the PlayStation store, it's like 
extremely expensive. And, and it makes sense that, you know, you are paying for advertising space. Obviously, you want to keep that spot competitive. But, like, it is ridiculously expensive to to even be put on the PlayStation Store, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it makes me think about, like, to Housemark was just bought by... Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment and Housemark they made Returnal and Resogun and I think a handful of other things but uh, it is like they talked about how like having the official Sony like backing is a huge relief for them I don't have like a story about this up in front of me but I'm just remembering what I heard uh, or what I read excuse me that it, it's like a huge relief for them because they don't have to like worry about a lot of like this sort of stuff anymore which is it's sad. It's it speaks to like you know being a third party studio is not maybe super awesome because it's a little bit less stable and a little bit like the future is a little bit less clear. Just rem- remember, hey, you know, like this podcast is for the gamers or for the what was Gaming the term you said the game enthusiasts. R- remember, Sony. Uh, at this point, if you're banking on game enthusiasts uh, to make you successful, don't shoot us in the feet because. I love your games so much, Sony. But you you don't want to make me not want to play games on your system first. Trophies right. only get me so far. <laughs> right. No, 100%. It's it's uh irritating. Uh, uh, that's probably all. I mean, I mean like like I I think there's only so many many ways I can say like stop doing this, please. You're, but it just gets worse as the year goes on like Right. You know, it, 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 I, I wish this was an isolated incident, but it just keeps happening. And uh, I, the, I, I would have been super excited for more Ghost of Tsushima until I re- like heard this. And it's just yeah. like, you understand this is ridiculous, right? And I, I don't know if they do. Yeah. Yeah, they are a company. And <sighs> that's what I've got. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just, it's... Stop. You know what, Sony? You need to grow a backbone ah like look at that and care about me care about me specifically i need it you know what i will only i will only accept an apology in the form of a letter handwritten by jim ryan and um that's that's all i need but and if you want to send us a handwritten letter of an apology or just a fun little secret um we could set up a p.o box but if, if you're interested in doing that, go ahead and message us or tweet at us at HitboxPod on Twitter. Or you can send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, you can catch us on Spotify. You can give us a follow there or uh, Apple Podcasts, a follow there or a review would, would be really great. But if you're interested in helping our show out at all, you could also share it with a friend. Tell them, hey, this is my... Now... I'm not going to say we're your favorite podcast, but come on, top five. We put a lot. We put. Hey, we read like eight news stories. We we did some. We did some work today. Yeah. Um, that that would that would really go go a long way for us. Justin, do you have anything to add here before we wrap up? Uh, I am going. I'm excited to uh, go back and play Scarlet Nexus when I am done recording. And guess what? What's I'm, that? I've already been looking at the trophy list and. Uh, if I Is do that second platinum? playthrough, I might get a platinum in this game. Oh, maybe I should take a look at that. Is it is it something that you've like actively been like working towards so far? Are there missable achievements? I don't know if you have to. Um, and they said there's no missable achievements, but when I say they, the two websites I checked, who knows? Gotcha, um, gotcha. So it looks it looks generally achievable. Get all your bond levels up. Beat the mm-hmm. game twice. Do a hundred like some stupid side quests, which are really just like you should get anyway by just 
combating people and stuff. So that's what I'm going to be doing. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy that. I um, I actually might be doing the same thing. What am I doing? Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Always remember, old games are old. We will catch you next time. See you later. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>